Welcome to Job Tales, the show where we find out about different professions from the people who know. Each week I speak to a new guest with a fascinating job. I am Laura Leoncini and today my guest is Sherry Koshbin. If you have a passion for science and are looking for inspiration, then listen to Sherry's story as she takes us from her studies at UCLA to her work as a general dentist, the difference with orthodontists and surgeons, the artistic aspect of her scientific job, and her recommendations before you take up your studies in dentistry. Yeah, so we have Sherry on the mic. Yeah, Sherry, you're a dentist. Thank you so much for being part of my podcast. I have so many questions for you, but please start by introducing yourself and tell me what you do. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for asking me to do this. My name is Sherry Koshman. I'm a general dentist and I work in the greater Los Angeles area. I work for, with my brother-in-law in one office. It's in Torrance, California, and I work for a friend of mine in another office called Cudahy. The area is called Cudahy. So you're a general dentist. Now, we were talking briefly before the interview started, and you were telling me a bunch of different uh, specializations and jobs around teeth. Can you tell me what you do as a dentist, and then what are the other jobs related to teeth? So yes, I'm a general dentist, which means I do basically everything, but uh, not the complex stuff. I do treatment planning. I'm uh, the first person you would see that then I would refer you to a specialist if there are more complicated cases. So I would do the diagnosis. I would do the treatment plan. Patients would come and see me and I would tell them what they need. I would do diagnosis in terms of what they need to have done. And if there are not too complicated, I will do the cleaning, the filling, the restorations, crowns, and different stuff. But if it's a little more complex or you need uh, odontic, which is braces, then I would refer you. There are different kinds of specialists. Obviously, the orthodontist is a doctor who does braces. There's a periodontist who is a gum surgeon. So if you have gingivitis, which is gum disease, or periodontist, which is gum disease with bone loss, if it's not if too complex, I would do it. But if it's very complex and needs surgery and other treatment, then I would refer. And same thing with root canal. Root canals, I can do the root canals, but if they're complex, the root is curved or there's no access, then I would refer to an endodontist, which is a root canal specialist. Or surgeons are uh, for surgery or surgeries. For extractions, I do simple extractions. Any Anything that needs more surgery, complicated surgery than that, I send it to or a surgeon. The older surgeons also do other kinds of very complex surgeries. And there's also prosthodontists who do the full mouth rehabilitation. If you need to have, again, complex cases, we send it to them. As the general dentist, I also do some orthodontists in, in orthodontics in my office, but again, not the complex cases. So there will be like braces and... Uh... Yeah, I do clear aligners, clear braces, that is, which... Okay. People are more familiar. It's called Invisalign. It's, Invisalign, Invisalign yeah, is a brand name. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Kleenex now. Everybody uses Invisalign. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Okay. <laughs> yes. And it's it's actually quite good for adults because then you don't see it. And, uh, you know, adults can also, you know, straighten their teeth and... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, feel good about it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's great for straightening and aesthetic. Absolutely. But it's also good for functional. A lot of people don't know that if they're... If you don't have a good bite, if your teeth are crooked, they're misaligned, that, that can actually affect your jaw. And if your jaw affected, then you can, you know, a lot of tension, headaches, a lot of TMJ disorder, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard the problem mm -hmm. with clicking and popping of the jaw. And a lot of this stuff can be related to your bite. So mm -hmm. braces, not only it's good for aesthetic, it's also good for function. Okay, that makes me think that there must be a good collaboration with other doctors. Let's say someone goes to the general practitioner because they have maybe a, a backache or or a a pain that is not necessarily related to to teeth, as they think, and then they yeah. would then refer you to a dentist. Is that is that how it works? Yes, there are a lot of times that they don't know why somebody has somebody who has tension headaches, who shoulder pain. And some doctors still don't know, but they're, then when they come and they just mentioned, just happened to mention that, oh, I have this tension and headaches that I can be getting, I can't get rid of, or I'm under a lot of stress. Then, or I do examination, we take x-rays and I see on the x-rays that the teeth are under a lot of stress. Then I can tell them that this is you grinding your teeth or clenching your teeth and that's causing the headache. It's not. You know, it's not that you slept bad and now you have uh, right. pain on your shoulder. Mm. It's all because of the the muscles that's tensed up and it can affect your jaw, it can affect your head, and it's all connected. The muscles are all connected. They can affect each other. It makes me think then also your academic background must be quite intense and full, meaning that you do have some specialization to do as a dentist. What do you What did you study in your particular case? Four years of undergrad, I graduated from UCLA undergrad. Then we had four years of dental school at USC. After that, some people can do more, but I decided that I wanted to go out and work. I was yeah. excited to go out and work. So <laughs> I did, uh, yeah, four years of dentistry. And then, but we have to take continuing education classes. So we, ha we still have to keep up with the latest news, with latest stuff coming out, latest practice. We have to, we still keep that up with the continuing educations. That makes sense, right? Because also, I, if I think of the progress that um, medicine has done, has made over the years and the decades, there's there's a lot also in your profession that has increased and has improved. Can you tell me, like, how does the new findings and new compounds and techniques or technologies affect your everyday job or like on a year-to-year -year basis, let's say? A lot of stuff have I ever since I graduated dental school till now. There are so many new things are coming out. One of the biggest things and best thing I think was the uh, the digital X-ray. So we don't have mm. to, yeah, we don't. It's it's smaller, so it's a little more comfortable for patients, and it's instantaneous. We take the X-ray and it's right on the, on front on on a huge monitor. We can you know we can zoom in. We can do a lot of stuff and find out the pathology 
And that's digital x-ray really changed dentistry. Beside that, there were there are so many other things that now the all ceramic restorations that so you don't have to have metal in it. Implant is great. Implant is just the every day it's involving that so that now people if they have they lose their teeth for whatever reason, hmm. they don't have to shave the other teeth. They don't have to touch the other teeth. You basically just plant a tooth there. And it, nothing is 100% permanent, but it's pretty permanent as long as the, you know they keep up with their cleaning, they keep a good high, over hygiene to, so they don't lose bone around it. So implant is great. We don't have it in our office, but there are 3D printers that some dentists are using for restorations. There are meals, there are scanners that instead of taking impression, that impression material in the mouth, you just scan and send it into computer and send it to lab. Again, it's instantaneous. So there are a lot of a lot of new technologies in the industry, and it's very actually very exciting right now. Yeah, I imagine. What was your inspiration for becoming a dentist back in the day? I always loved science. For ever since I was little, going to school, the science class, I didn't really have to study much because whatever the teacher would say, I would, I would learn in class because I just loved science. And and art was another thing. And I wasn't sure which way I want to go. I was, for a while, I was thinking of going to medical school. I even took the, uh, the exam. But then my sister became a dentist. And my uncle was dentist back in Iran, where we're from. And I kind of learned more about dentistry. And I learned that it's actually dentistry is a good field to combine science and art. Really? And and also you have, yeah, yeah, it is. And also you do have a better lifestyle too. Med- medical school, it's a lot of on-calls, post-calls, 24 hours. And But I saw dentistry more attractive, more attractive to me because I like just loved it. Love to see how you can look at a tooth, there's a problem, and you then you have to design kind of like an artist design how to fix that. So it's not just one plus one equals two. There are so many different things to think about and to design it. And then not only focus on that tooth, then focus on the whole person. How fixing that tooth, designing to fix that tooth can affect the whole person because for Hmm. each person it's different. So that's why I liked it. And you make them smile, <laughs> so, which, is, which is great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great part of my job. Yeah, Great social value, too. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you change a person's life. You mm. transform them. They're, they come in, they are so upset that for whatever reason, they can't smile in the pictures. They're, I had somebody who said that my boyfriend wouldn't kiss me because my mouth is like this and that. But then once they're done with the treatment and they're smiling and they're happy, they take pictures, they, you know, it's really rewarding. It makes me think of the aesthetics of it. Like how many people come to you for aesthetic reasons more than for an actual, you know, problem and diagnosis? Most people, actually a lot of people, because right now with a lot of preventive measures that we've been able to accomplish in in dentistry, the number of people who are getting cavities and have big issues is much lower now than before. So now 
more people are thinking about aesthetics. So there is a lot of number of people that come in now if they were, let's say they were born with a tooth that was a little smaller than the other one, now they want to fix it. They a lot of brightening. They come in and do bleaching. They maybe they were when they were little they had a lot of big feelings. Now they want to fix that. The front tooth is getting darker. They want to fix it. So if they or they have a lot of amalgam, which is the silver filling, and yeah. when they smile, it shows. So now they just want to change it to white filling, not necessarily because they have cavities, just because they want a better aesthetic. So yeah. So when you decided to stop at four years, what would you have done afterwards? Is it like becoming a surgeon, dental surgeon, if you had continued your studies? It depends. Again, if you want to go to any of the specialties, you, then you would apply for that specialty and you would have maybe two or three more years after that. There's also internship that some general dentists do so that they can, if they're, they feel like they're not ready to go out to work and they need to learn more of their other skills, there are some general dentists that take internship and they study and they're able to do more. Or there are some dentists that decide that they want, even though they're general dentists, they want to concentrate more on doing, let's say, implant. So they may take a course that's one or two years and kind of learn to do implants, more to do more implants in their field. So there are, there are a lot of options available. So it really depends on what you want to do. And do you actually know what you want to do when you finish your you know, dental studies after four years? Yes, because you're exposed to all different specialties, even though it's brief, but you're exposed to all of them. Mm. So in dental school, I had to do a periodontal surgery, which is a gum surgery. I had to do that, if, you know, Obviously, I was under care of the professor, but I had to do that. So yeah, I did. Okay. I would have to do root canal. I had basically every, we learned about ortho. We didn't do cases because it's different, but we learned about every specialty to get an idea of what we want to do. And I just like general dentistry because you get to see all different kinds of stuff. And again, you, you get a problem and you have to design a solution for it. And it's a lot of times it's not easy, but it's like a puzzle. General dentistry to me is kind of also like a puzzle that you have this these pieces and you have to put them together and make a whole picture. That's why I like about general dentistry. When you have a specialty, when you go into a specialty, is you pretty much specialist in that, even though you still have to fix a problem, it's a little more specialized. But general dentistry, it's, you have to, it's, it's more broad. That's why I like it. Yeah, right. So you can touch on many different aspects. Exactly. Can you tell me from your past, in a couple of years, what is the most satisfactory <laughs> intervention you have made on someone's mouth? <laughs> Again, like that patient who came in and said that her boyfriend wouldn't kiss her because she had a lot of tartar, she had this and that, and, you know, I work on it get, not only uh we did like deep cleaning which would get rid of the gum disease we would put her on a three-month recall so we would see her every three months to make sure we keep her mm -hmm. gum healthy then with braces strain her teeth bleaching widen her teeth obviously take care of any kind of pathology any cavities that she had but give her different options about the restorations if she wants 
tooth color filling or the regular gray filling, uh, silver filling, or what kind of other crowns and other stuff you can do. And so when when that person was done, she was just so happy. She was so excited that now she it kind of like it's a transformation. I have patients who you know I did braces for them, and I, once they were done, they were they were very happy. Now they. Their smile. They said, um, "Now I'm smiling more." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, right. yeah, it's one little thing. And then you know, yeah, I, again, I have children who so, they so afraid of going to the dentist, and when they come in, I try to play with them, talk to them, I listen to them, and go over things, and they start to trust me, and then they it changes their lives. So it's great. I can imagine. I mean, thinking about um. Uh... Pain and uh, you know I'm one of those <laughs> who are trying to avoid <laughs> your office. You know, <laughs> I know. Thinking about you know some young people that, who are listening, what would you give them as an advice? You know, in terms of skills. You know, if, if you're like this, in terms of I'm talking ha hard skills and soft skills. You know, if you're like this and this is your, your preference or orientation, maybe dentistry is your your kind of profession. What would it be? Well, first of all, you have to have a lot of patience because mm -hmm. dentistry at times can get very frustrating and you patients can become frustrating. You have to have patience. You have to remember these are people who have problems who come in mm -hmm. and they're anxious. A lot of people, like you said, they don't want to come to the dentist. They come in, the first thing they say, well, I hate, I hate coming here. I hate dentistry, but not you. I like you, but you know. <laughs> So they have, you have to have a lot of patience. In terms of skills, it's problem solving. The biggest thing with dentistry would be problem solving. To learn to, you have to know how to solve problems because again, it's not an exact science. You can learn how to prepare a tooth for a crown or a filling in school, If you're not good with your hands, you will practice it and you can learn doing that. That's actually, I don't think that's the hardest part. I think the hardest part is being patient and problem solving. Knowing what this tooth has a problem and knowing what you, how you're going to fix that problem based on the patient that you have. Because no two patients are the same hmm. and you can have this kind of cavity in one patient, this kind of cavity in the other patient, and each one of them would be different. The, the way you would solve that problem would be different. Yeah, I can see that totally, for sure. And in terms of myths, you know, when you think about a dentist, and there's there's always a few myths around, uh, you know, like for example, the fact that, it's, oh yeah, it's painful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you demystify? Like, what are what are the myths around around your job? Uh, yeah, a lot of people think that oh, as soon as they come in, it's gonna be, it's gonna be painful. Everything about dentists is painful. It's or they they think oh, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna have thousand cavities now and this. But the way I would deal with it is just talking to patients. Communication is very important, and they they come in and you know I try to put them at at ease. I talk to them. And even while I'm doing the treatment, I talk to them. I let them know this is what it is. This is what you need to do. I guess other myths probably could be in terms of expense. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people think 
that just because you have, unfortunately, a lot of people think just because you have a doctor in front of your name, that just money pours into your account. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, they get, you know, they sometimes they make comments or they think that something that it costs them a lot, we're making like a thousand percent on it, which they don't take into account all the overhead that goes in it. But yeah, it's just, it's just communication. The best yeah. way to get rid of this mess is communication. You were mentioning that there is a better life-work balance, right, with being a dentist. Uh, can you tell me a couple of differences, uh, you know, from, from your experience? Well, differences between dentistry and a physician? Uh, yeah, and a physician, for example. Okay. Well, dentistry, you can work part-time. You can work one day a week or you can work seven days a week. It's really up to you. You don't, obviously, we don't have the on-call and post-call like the physicians do. We do have, sometimes you might get emergency call in the middle of the night. But since if the office is closed, we basically either, if we know the patient, if we know the problem, we might prescribe some pain medication or antibiotics, or we ask them to go to uh, emergency care. So that is the biggest difference. And it's easier to take vacations because of the nature of our job is different, but you have more time for yourself and you have more time for your family than Mm. uh, than physicians. And uh, lastly, because it's so interesting, I have so many more questions (laughs) about the time is running. (laughs) Um, Have you learned a lesson from the past that uh, others could uh, benefit from today, you know, from your past experience? Like, would you have done something different or did you have a you know, a, a difficult time in the past that you could have avoided or, or handled differently? Uh, what I would recommend if anybody is interested in into going to dentistry is first, it's a good idea, which I didn't do, which I wish I had done. It's a good idea to work with a dentist just to go observe before going to dentistry and see is, if it's something you like. I was lucky enough to have my uncle and my sister but still, it would have been able to have a better idea mm-hmm. uh, of it. And that would be a great thing. In terms of mistakes, I'm not sure if I, I don't think I have any mistakes. I think it's just something that maybe it's that if you do make a mistake, it's not at the end of the world. Try to be, be upfront with patients, be truthful to them. A lot of times, patients are very forgiving. Obviously, if you make a huge mistake and it's something you should have not done or should have been aware of, that's different. But hmm. some something simple, don't try to hide it. Most people are very forgiving and they understand. And you tell them, you know, this happened, but it can be fixed. It can be done. A lot of the, a lot of patients, a lot of people, they, they agree. They, they do it. Build a rapport with your patient. You want to be their friends to the point that they are still know that you're the authority because they have to listen to you. But at the same time, if you're that one of my professors, I always remember say that friends those don't sue friends. So if you are if you're honest with them and you build a rapport with them, kind of become friends with them, if something you know something happens, you can fix it for them. They mm-hmm. won't you won't have the problems. So. That's that's a, that's one of the things I would uh, recommend for anybody who wants to go to this line. 
Well, I've learned a lot of new nuances about being a dentist. Besides <laughs> for the fact that I'll Good. maybe go to a dentist next. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Seeing if you said the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wish, uh, I hope that we have uh, some uh, future dentists uh, among our listeners uh, today that have uh, got um, a better idea and then more convinced to take uh, on those studies. So I want to thank you absolutely. very much, Sherry. Sure. <laughs> sure, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Sherry Koshbin, General Dentist in Los Angeles. I invite you to write me a comment or a rating on your favorite podcast player. It will help me improve my next episodes. Thanks. And you can write me directly at jobtalespodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Next week, the podcast episode is a surprise, so stay tuned.